You're listening to the Julius Profiles podcast brought to you by Julius, influencer marketing software that helps brands and agencies discover the right influencer partners and then manage collaborative campaigns from start to finish. On this podcast, we put people first, discussing the marketers, influencers, and consumers of this growing industry. We'll go beyond the day-to-day of influencer marketing and into the nuances of this dynamic practice. Learn more and subscribe to the podcast at juliusworks.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Julius Profiles podcast. My name is Danny Palestine. I'm the head of product marketing at Julius. And today we are talking to Danielle Reardon, who we used to work together at the agency. And she was a VP, group account director. We worked together on a bunch of different campaigns surrounding influence marketing. And then Danielle kind of shifted gears and is now a wellness influencer. And we're going to hear her story about how did this come to be? Why is this a thing? And life now as an influencer and kind of bridging the gap between the old Danielle and the new Danielle. And so, Danielle, hey, welcome. Thank thanks, for, you. thanks for coming on the show. So happy psyched to have you here. To, psyched to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you in your own words and a little bit about your brand. Yeah. So I saw myself for a long time as an ad executive. I worked in advertising for almost 20 years. I grew up in Detroit, so I started there. And then I continued my career at both big agencies and digital specialty shops in uh, San Francisco. Then I went to Los Angeles. Then I went to New York. And if that wasn't enough, uh, I live in Atlanta now. (laughs) So, Yeah, a lot of perspectives. That's good. Yeah, I enjoy the journey. So yeah, I've taken it. So Um, did you love advertising? Like, how did you get into it? When did you get into it? Like, what was the, oh, my God, this is a career path for me? I mean, you did it for so long, so you must have loved it at some point. I loved every minute. Every minute was exciting. I worked with the coolest people, the smartest people, the most creative people. Uh, I wanted to surround myself with those folks. So um, it actually starts so way back, which seems silly to tell the story, but I took an advertising class in high school. As did we all. Right? Yeah. And I was like, this is super neat. I have to do this. And my teacher at the time knew that I was really enjoying it and, um, had, you know, really just taken a liking to it. And so he arranged a job shadow at a local advertising agency, which was a pretty prominent one, actually, in Detroit. And uh, I followed this woman who was an alumni of my high school. And I was like, yep, this is my jam. Yeah. So this is what we're going to do. And I went to Michigan State, which actually has a wonderful advertising program. If you're ever looking to get into advertising, I highly recommend that school. I felt incredibly prepared and well-rounded in my education there. And so I was off to the races and started interning in ad agencies in college and then that was that my course was set there you go so was word of mouth marketing even a thing was influencer marketing i mean social has given rise to how we think about influence marketing today but what did it look like back then did you even think like oh that's a cool thing what 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 was the idea there So back in the days, it was pretty much the PR department that worked with celebrities. And there were the celebrity endorsements that went into whatever we did, whatever the the marketing medium was. And it was pretty relegated to that crew. 
Um, and so that, you know, that's neat um, to be around that. But there was a distinctive moment in my career. I worked on L'Oreal at an agency around 2011. And uh, recently, uh, Lancome, which is a L'Oreal brand, had made a pretty big deal with Michelle Phan, mm. who uh, beauty influence YouTuber. Um, we have a conference room named after her. Do you? Okay. <laughs> then you're it, familiar. You're very familiar, right? yeah. Um, I hear she has a follower, too. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is a thing. Um, this is really interesting. So that was my first aha into influencer. And then, as you know, having worked together, it was a huge thing at one, our previous agency. And uh, and it worked to great success for a number of our clients. And um, Let's talk about it a little bit. What was your – like, what was your – you were on the account team at the agency. So what was your perspective like, oh, the social media influencer thing is a thing we need to pay attention to? Talk us a little bit. Was it intriguing to you? Was it interesting? Is this a part of the business that you think a lot of marketers should be paying attention to or when it was coming to rise? How did the, how did this look to you? Yeah, influencer marketing is so interesting on the account side and the client side because, number one, it was fast. It was inexpensive. Um, and it helped people tell a story. It, you know, it's your, it's your coffee shop conversation opportunity where you need to tell a deeper story and it can't be told in a headline on a billboard or in a TV script. Uh, you know, you need to go deeper and you want it to be more real and more authentic. Now, the flip side of that is you have clients who have spent decades upon decades building brands in many cases and have very deep brand rules and identities and sure don't like any, you know, so to speak, kid off the street, street yeah, so sure. to speak, representing their brand when they haven't been fully vetted and educated. And, you know, the legal team can't go and hold their hand and make sure they're not saying anything inappropriately. So it's very scary for a client to kind of release those reins. However... In the speed of marketing these days, needing to move fast and not having all the budgets in every case, especially for smaller brands, um, it's super appealing. So they have to decide on that double-edged sword, what do they want to do and, and where is it safe and where is it um, appropriate? Yeah. Yeah. So when so this is a thing that was intriguing. You're like, okay, marketing is something to do. You've been doing marketing for so long and you've been pushing through your career and then... You woke up and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to be an influencer. <laughs> because I feel like at your level, you, you, you've accomplished so much and you, you've seen so much. And then I think at your level, you could have gone into anything. You could have been a, a consultant. You could have gone to partnerships. But yeah. you chose to go into the wellness space and become an influencer. Yeah. Tell us why you have this realization. Well, tell us about this realization first. Yeah. So I'll be honest. It, had, it was a confluence of a few different things. I, you know, when you hit this kind of 20-year milestone in advertising, which is like you're the Yoda of advertising, I was like, I feel like I'm at you, this. And then you have to talk it like Yoda. Right, so, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> which I can't. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be super awkward. Yeah. Um, so I felt like, to your point, like, now what? What am I going to do next? And I felt like I had really accomplished so much, and I felt great about that. And I need constant challenge. I need constant change. And that's why I've had so many addresses. I love the pursuit. Um, I love having the passion, and that comes with um, challenging yourself. And I kind of hit a point where I was like, mm, I don't know you know, what's really going to be that different from here on out. Yeah. What would have been next if you kept right. with it, right? Well, so the confluence was then I became a new mom. And you have now this additional life that you have to consider. And in the career path I chose, it is work 
hard and it is play hard. And there isn't a lot of room for, and then I got to go home and be a mom. Yeah. It was difficult. Um, and so I felt like I was starting to just burn out a little bit. But I knew I had more to give. I mean, after 20 years, <laughs> then burn, that, that's pretty, yeah. <laughs> I think you should give yourself a little credit. That's a, that's a long career. Thank you. You're going to make me blush. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, we are on video now. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. So I just felt like I needed to take a break, to be honest. Yeah. And I was just like, let me regroup. Let me think about what's going to be next. It wasn't totally obvious to me. Um, I just knew that I had more to give, but maybe in a different field. So I was just I was taking a break. And during that time, though, you get really introspective and you're like, what is it that I'm uniquely qualified to do? How do I shift my skills from what had been a, a duration of success to one of significance? And I can't say that those are my words. Um, I read them in a book called Halftime, and mm-hmm. it was pretty notable to me. I was do you like, know the author for that in case people Yeah, know. Bob Buford. Okay. And uh, it was given to me by an executive coach, actually. And um, I read this, and I was like, wow, what is my significance? What is the legacy I want to leave? How do I want to take everything I've done and put it into something I'm passionate about? So being a new mom, feeling like I needed to revitalize my body, feeling like I needed to learn as you, you get older, you get aging parents, too, and I wanted to help them. You know, you start to see them, uh, their age show. No offense, Mom and Dad. Um, <laughs> And I wanted, I wanted to think about that a little bit, especially since I have lived in markets like New York, L.A., and San Francisco, with, where health and wellness is, is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it was just something I had been living. So I didn't wake up one day and going, I'm going to be an influencer in wellness. Yeah. I just like, this would just was my life, and I was doing it. And I wanted to write and talk about it with folks. So I just started writing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, this is I a thing. So let's actually transition into being an influencer. What are those? So we we just talked about all these things about living, you know, a, a balanced life is so important to you. All the diligence that you, you had as a marketer. What are the top, like, pieces of the former Danielle that now live as influencer Danielle? Yeah. So I like to be very... Um, There has to be some free-flowingness to what you do, but I always want to have great intention. And in the agency world, we live and die by a brief. Mm -hmm. Creative people tell you that all the time. Don't talk to me without a brief. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I right out the gate, I was like, what is the story I have to tell? What is it I want to accomplish here? Who am I talking to? How am I going to get there? What kind of money do I have to work with? And then let's make this happen. So I really take that, you know, brief writing seriously, thinking about strategy, thinking about how I develop this into a brand itself, because then you get proud of something and you, you want to show that off visually, have that visual identity. Um, and then, you know, being conscious and not saying anything two bananas, two out there, and being careful who I reference and whose company I want to be in, um, back to that brand protection side of my brain. Um, You know, that's really it. And then, you know, everyone cares about ROI. Yeah. You know. So let's break down the strategy bit a little bit. So you don't have a strategy team anymore, right? it's, It's everything from the past 20 years of your career that you have to manifest and put together. So talk to us about the process that you're trying to mimic from advertising that you're bringing into your brand today. Yeah, so I think a good account person always thinks they're a strategist at heart. And that is no disrespect to the strategists I work with because they are brilliant people and they always took it to the next level and most certainly knew more than me in a lot of places. 
but in general, you're still a consumer, sure. um, and you are the expert in your client's brand. So if you are an expert in, in your marketing channels and your client's brands and a consumer as a human, you have a general sense of where that client should go. So that's basically what I'm doing right now is just using – because my, my wellness blog is really – I, I know the target because it's me. Um, and people like me, and I know what I do and where I go, and so I'm just leaning into that a little bit, um, but using my expertise of, like, what's my lowest hanging fruit? How can I start to gain followers quickly? I really need to work on my SEO. I'll, I, I know, oh, I good believe, luck with that. right? That's like rocket oh, science. So, so frustrating yeah. <laughs> because I always would preach to my clients, like, search is such low-hanging fruit. It's yeah. so important. Those are the people who care about a particular topic. That's They're your pull. They're already looking for you. Yes, yeah. and I'm like, why can't my name show up? <laughs> you know, and back in the day, I could call a Google rep and be like, please fix this. <laughs> I'm representing so-and-so. I think you know who they yeah. are, top 30 brand. Yeah. Um, but now I can't, I can't do that. So, so what else? Are you missing? Um, I sure do miss all my behind-the-scenes folks at an agency, my web developers, my technical people, my designers. Every account person, like I said, thinks they are a strategist, and we might have rewritten a line of copy here and there, even yeah. when we weren't supposed to. But design and animation, stuff like that, is definitely a skill set that, despite having a wonderful degree at Michigan State, I really sucked at that. Yeah. So, um, and I know it. So, those are some of the things I wanna I wanna add is, to my team when it, appropriate. Is it fun to learn and take on these new challenges, though? I mean, I it, love it. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. So right now I use a lot of different like free apps on my phone or like I what? Um, oh gosh. Oh, it's okay. You don't need to. Yeah, like yeah. Typorama yeah. and Canva and Typic, I think, and that, that might be the one I actually pay for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I started there just because I follow a lot of like the watermarks on other people's posts, and I'm like, oh yes, I need to use that one. And then you know just searching through the different Apple Store software ratings and finding out like what's most affordable that can get me what I need and then fumbling through it trying to remember my you know illustrator lessons from back in the day and working through that but it's I hit a frustration point where I'm like I just need someone to do this so um yeah the fun will fade sometimes when I'm just like man I just need to move that pixel why is this so hard it's actually it's actually magic (laughs) you need to go to magic school and the magicians know how to do it I I have no concept about any of that either because someone else would do it totally and I get that a lot um where I live and you know people like what do you do where have you been and blah 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 and they're like oh you're an advertiser hey can you just whip up a campaign for me I'm doing this business I'm like okay well it doesn't work like that <laughs> um, so I do find myself like I, it is difficult to be an ad agency and an influencer in one so you do kind of have to think about your limitations and I'm almost at the point of needing to ask for some help but let's talk about your your network and resources and things like that who who are you tapping into now that you're kind of I mean you're not a freelancer for sure but you are a solo gig right now <laughs> yes. so so who is supporting you right now in terms of getting your brand off the ground how does this come to life yeah I really am just a one-man band right now. And what I have to work on, and this is one of those steps, is making connections. I know that that's kind of an important tipping point of, like, swapping uh, support and and audiences and being able to build in that way. So 
um, making connections with the folks I know and and just putting Former myself out there. Former advertisers? Other other. Well, in this case, because that is kind of my target, that I believe that the people who can be uh, influenced by wellness most are kind of burnt out corporate types, and most certainly in advertising and marketing, because I know how hard we work and how much we don't take care of ourselves in the process. So in this instance, I'm going to work harder to be making those connections, and if I have an opportunity to be on a panel here or there. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I yeah. mean, my original vision was like, man, I just want to go to an ad agency and, you know, have a round table and say, I think I can help you guys take better care of yourself yeah. based on what I've been through. Like, let's just talk. And that's really all I intended to do here. And now I'm realizing, you know, the audience could be bigger for this than Why I first thought. Why do you think it's such because I feel like I'm on a ton of different newsletters and stuff like agency burnout is such a thing and nobody's happy anymore. Cry, cry, cry. Like, why are we here? Like, why, why do you think we've gotten to this point? And how come things aren't changing in 2019 or 2020? Yeah, it was hard and all-encompassing 20 years ago when I started. And to be honest, people still routed um, comps on, on clipboards when I started. Like, traffic took your print ad from person to person, and you wrote on the markup, and you sent it back. And, like, then, you know, you had a long day because that was a long process. And then as things evolved with digital marketing and how many places you can advertise now and so many of these niche markets and tribes, like, there's just so much to be done, even though there's data and there's software to do this for you there's still a lot of legwork that has to happen and so you're in this game of whack-a-mole now and because you're working so fast and so furious I think we just kind of forget the humanity in it and we I've learned through my wellness um, training is that joy is cultivated by gratitude all I ever wanted was people to say thank, thank you, you. G- and genuinely, right? It, Please and thank you. Right. Maybe, yeah. It's just so basic and we're too busy to do that and I think if we could just I mean, I don't think there's any slowing it down. Um, yeah. So I can't solve for that. But what I can solve is all the other things we can do around it and maybe being more sincere and eating better and exercising as if it's a meeting, not just oh, the I love thing, that. right? Yeah. It has, it has to be um, part of your day or we're not going to make it. Yeah. So let's talk about actually th- now we talked about your previous legacy. What is the legacy you want to leave now? What are the things that you're offering people through your brand? So I want to inspire people to live a healthier, happier, more sustainable life. That's kind of my my tagline. And I believe in that because I want to enjoy. I love the people I work with. Um, Like I said at the beginning, they're smart and talented folks, and I enjoy spending my time with them. And so we need to take care of ourselves in order to sustain that legacy. I want something that my daughter is proud of. It's funny, when you work in advertising, I don't know if this has happened to you, but you try to explain to your parents, especially in the early years, like, so what would you say you do here? What part of that commercial was yours? (laughs) And it's like... It's just hard to answer. And so for my daughter now, who's five, like, she totally gets it. She loves to tell people, like, mommy is a health coach. Yeah, Like, she can wrap her head around that. Um, But it's hard to say, mommy does advertise. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I feel like for the first, like, six or seven years of my career, my parents had no idea. (laughs) It's tough to unravel that that web for them. So um, I just, I want to make a positive impact. I want to make people feel better. Uh, There's a line in Hamilton that I think I mentioned to you on the phone that just really shook me. And it's kind of at the end of the show, spoiler alert. It's like, (laughs) who lives, who dies, who tells your story? And I'm like, what is the story I want people to tell about my life? Mm -hmm. And especially as you know, people can 
twist stories now to serve their specific needs, which we've experienced in politics most certainly. Like, I'm going to tell my own story, and I'm going to leave a mark that I'm proud of and that my daughter can be proud of and that I think pays things forward positively and healthfully. Um, I think that that's at the root of what why we're all here, I would hope. Uh, uh, and I'm going to ask you something, and I don't want to sound negative, but do you think that the work that you were doing as an advertiser isn't a positive legacy? I know that you're saying that you want to do positive thing, but I think that begs the question is like, well, what was different about it before? I, I know that there, all the stuff that you're doing is fantastic with yeah. the wellness, but like you did a lot of cool work that yeah. made hopefully some positive impact or, or maybe not. So what do you think the, the miss was? That's before? super fair. So when you work at an ad agency, Again, you live and breathe that brand that you are generally assigned to. Mm -hmm. You don't always get to pick and choose what you work on. Um, You get assigned to pitches, and then sometimes you get assigned to work. Now, it's not like you're a prisoner. You have an opportunity to say, no, thank you. I'd rather not work on that. Um, But when you move up— Tell that to my former boss. Right? (laughs) And when you move up the ranks, you generally over a larger umbrella of things. And and some brands you're more passionate about than others. And there have been a couple brands I've worked on just briefly because I did— have the opportunity to say no thank you um, at my level or you know can can I sub in somebody else that I think would be more passionate about this than me I just it didn't fit with my values and I do feel that once you've earned your stripes it is nice to be able to apply your skills to something that matches your values and your morals Um, and so I was in some questionable zones that I just I didn't feel good about and I'm like I I'm out. But again, you can't tap out too many times in advertising without getting a label or being like, please get off our island. Yeah. yeah. So I only did that once or twice because I knew better. And so um, that's it. I want to choose to work on things that I believe in now and that aligns with me and that I have nothing but authentic passion for. And now you are the chief executive officer (laughs) of whatever the hell you want to say. On social media. So it's nice to see that transition. And because you, you were so entrenched in advertising, you're, you're creating content for executives and marketers. And you understand that world better than most, I'm sure. But how are you qualifying yourself as a, as a wellness? Like what steps are you taking to, sit, to actually make that transition to go from one end to say you want to go to the other end is nice, but w- there has to be some rigor behind it. So can you tell us a little right. bit about how are you becoming a wellness person? Right. So my biggest fear at first, which I hope this is common, and, and I think to be a good wellness person, you have to be vulnerable, as Brene Brown would say in her call to courage. So I was being vulnerable in that I had a little imposter syndrome. And to your point, I was like, man, I've been an ad executive. Like, how do people believe I really know what I'm talking to when it comes to health That's and all wellness, you are, right? They might have ju- seen me with a bagel. Yeah. So. <laughs> So um, I actually enrolled um, in a specific health coach school that I was like, this is exactly me. This is everything I'm passionate about, but I want to dig deeper so I can be legitimate. I'm going to literally be certified. Um, And then, like I said, I live and breathe this. I walk the walk. I read um, vehemently. Is that the right word? But anyway. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I read everything regularly. I practice it on friends. Um, It's something I talk about. But I'm trying not to just be a focus group of one. I do want to hear other perspectives. Um, And I think if I decide to go ahead once I'm certified in a couple months and, and meet with 
people one-on-one to do coaching. I think that'll be helpful so I can continue to have other perspectives and make sure that I'm not just saying the same thing over and over and over and boring people. Because right now I know that there's a little bit of repetition to what I'm doing in my blog and I want to be able to branch out. But I'm, I'm measuring a lot of the reaction to things and what are my clicks and what are my comments yeah, let's talk about that what are, what are you measuring and how, how does your experience as an advertiser directly translate to success as a, as a coach yeah so test and measurement plans are huge in the ad agency business you know you roll something out gauge reaction optimize and then relaunch um, and then continue to measure for ROI or whatever that client's measurement of success mm-hmm. is. Um, and so I'm in this kind of soft launch period myself where I'm measuring things. And I happen to really love food, and I wanted to talk a lot about food and, and recipes. And I, I learned pretty quickly that that is a totally saturated market. <laughs> no one wants what? to hear about any more kale recipes. And to be honest, I don't think that like inspires people. So if yeah, my job yeah. is to inspire people to a new way of life, just telling them to eat another kale smoothie is not getting it done. So you I've need, had to find new ways. That's your slogan now. No more kale smoothies. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, you know, I've been surprised of how much of the more emotional side people want to get into and more of that mental health stuff, which, again, I'm not um, a a psychotherapist. I just am a human who has gone through these things, and I want to tell my stories, and I think people are liking that we can just talk about this a little bit more, and otherwise you have to feel like, I am fine, everything here is fine, I will just keep working, and that we can't talk about this. So that's been illuminating and being able to see more of the men react. Because um, I did, I do want to talk to men and women, but my dad's reaction first was like, you're speaking to elitist women. And I'm like, I don't think so. I really think this is applicable to everybody. What are, what are men reacting to? Uh, they do like the opportunity to kind of talk about just – um, I need to optimize. I need to get better. Um, I'm, you know, stressed out and what can I do about it? Um, so, you know, having that reaction is really awesome. And something I mentioned to you ahead of this was, again, I lived in a world where like millions and millions of clicks and impressions were all that mattered. And any less than that was failure. So now I'm What does success look like? <laughs> Ooh, so when it's just me on my own dime, I'm like, 50 clicks. Yeah. Womp, yeah. womp. So that's not going to get it done. I know I need, I know what it takes to get certified on Instagram and everything else, yeah. and my numbers are not going there. So that's when I have to temper myself and say, does it matter if there's clicks or does it matter that you're driving the impact that you set out to do? So I have to check myself and a lot. And what's the answer say, to that? Well, right now, I feel like my soul is telling me. When people text me separately and email me separately and be like, I read that and it really has oh, changed me. How I'm like, oh my that? gosh, the warm and fuzzy. That's so great. So that's my motivation right now is that when I think I I haven't written something good or haven't posted something good and then I get the offline feedback, I'm like, nailed it. Yeah. So are you connecting with other influencers now? Are because I know that your network, as we were saying, was so ad and executive. What what does the other side of the spectrum look like? Yeah, that's a scary place for me. Again, coming from that agency perspective is that you're in that competitive set mm. and you're trying to be better than the other brand and you want to stand out and you want to stand aside. So I have a hard time wrapping my head around letting my guard down and connecting with people and being able to share and give away any of my my secret sauce, but I have to stop being so precious about it because this is not 
advertising. It's, it's so funny you say that because every other day I come up with a bazillion dollar idea and my friend was like, you got to talk to people about it. Otherwise, you're just going to sit there and never get get out there and learn what other people have to say. So networking, I feel like, right. is, is a double-edged sword. But for, I feel like in the influencer community, you never know who can help you right. in do a, a thing that you can't do yourself. Right. And I think that to what you're saying with, with – with, especially coming from the agency world where everything's very siloed, this is where you need to play the field Right, because I, I said that early on. The difference here is that you get to have a conversation over coffee with something about something that's passionate and you need more time to explain. I need to get off my podium where you're standing up and just preaching something to someone. No one wants to be preached to these days. I think they want to have a conversation. They want to think for themselves, take their own spin on it, and then let's work together to make something greater. Are you? So what are you doing actively to create those conversations? So you have the blog. I got the blog. I have Instagram. I have my Facebook. And I've limited it to that um, controllable. Um, Manageable? Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a better word. It's yeah. definitely because control is something that I also need to let go of. That, <laughs> that is a bad byproduct. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is no control. Yeah. So, But it's what I can handle right now as I perfect that soft launch and, and figure out what is working. And then I need to start putting the money behind it because mm-hmm. I know that's what I haven't done yet. Number one, because I had that like, I need to wait till I'm certified. I need to you know make sure that everything here is safe. Strategy. I had my, right, yeah. I need my LLC set up. I want my trademark done. I need da 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 da. Um, but you're excited. I'm super excited. Yeah, and you want to get out there and do it and let everybody know who you are and the things that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. So anyway, as I get these things turned on, then I'm going to be a little more thoughtful about who I reach out to and figure out how we can collaborate and and where we go from here. I'm just trusting the journey right now. There you go. Um, Enjoy this, it, right? Yeah. What does your offline presence look like? How, so so I know that you're having a lot of your. I mean, influencer marketing right now or being an influencer is primarily on social, but mm-hmm. how do you connect with people offline? What does your offline presence look like? Yeah, so friends and family are most certain my, certainly my sphere of influence, ex-colleagues. Um, I am on a board of the Alliance Theater in Atlanta, which is um, a Broadway feeder theater down there, and I've loved getting to know that community, and I hope to find connections through the arts um, to find other ways to kind of speak to people, connect with people. Again, we've been in Atlanta three years, so um, I'm kind of getting my my community in place. It takes a little while when you move a lot. Yeah. And that's why I'm so kind of still stuck in these digital worlds is I have all all my connections are on the coasts. Um, and then Detroit. And so, yeah, that, that interpersonal stuff is going to come, which is nice to be in New York from time to time because yeah. that certainly helps. You feel that momentum, um, especially in this town. So That is the beauty of social is that the Internet doesn't have borders so yeah. you can connect with people. <laughs> and w- what does your brand and activity look like in the next year, five years? How do you plan on growing and what sort of uh, expertise from your advertising days is going to help you get there? Yeah, so this is fun because I start doing the writing and the posting and I immediately like, oh, this would be the perfect product. Ooh, I need to do a a subscription box because that's a unique idea. Yeah. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to write that down. Right? Yeah. Um, I do find myself going off in all these tangents like, oh, I want to build this and I want to do this. But then that whole like, I got to really then invest in this money and time and effort and going back to that 
one gal band thing, I'm like, well, then what's going to get sacrificed? Is it going to be the writing? And, and I'll admit, like, you know, you take a few weeks off. And then I spend every day, like, full of guilt because I'm like, oh, no, my readers have had nothing to sink their teeth into. Yeah. So I, I haven't quite sorted out that balance of how I'm going to do this product development and handle the blog stuff mm -hmm. if I'm just by myself. So it's a challenge for well, sure. I think that's a good opportunity for brands to support you. Yeah. I think that brands can come in and give you meaningful purpose that can help your audience sink their teeth into something. So have you worked with brands yet? I mean, I think that a brand coming to Danielle Reardon to create content on her own channel sounds like a win. Tell us a little bit about have you worked with brands and what is your plan here and what, what are your unique offerings to brands that might want to work yeah. with Yeah. So thanks for that. Yeah. Um, plug, plug, plug. Right? So when I created my brand name uh, or the blog name, it's called The Well Intended. And so I was doing all these plays on, you know, well this, well that. And so right away I was like, well regarded. And so I have already had this dedicated zone for products that I truly believe in and that I wanted to authentically adore, endorse. Um, and so right now everything there is stuff I truly use, I truly believe in. Um, I think people should use because it'll help them live healthier. What a contrast lives. maybe to what we were talking about before about how you just get placed on a team and you have to do it. This is so exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's nice to be able to curate that with um, real intention and again I'm not to continue to use the buzzword authentically of but, course um, we use it five times an episode on the show right <laughs> <laughs> well it's the truth yeah and, and I think and and we're in a time where people don't you know, they can they can see through the BS. And my husband puts me in check all the time. He's like, I don't really hear your voice in that yeah. article. I think you're forcing it. And he can tell where maybe I'm regurgitating too much of what I've learned in health school and not really applied that to what I'm doing in my real life. So, and again, you can't do it for the sake of doing it, totally. No. Like, yeah. And, and back to that account girl side of me is like I'm, I, I try to really focus on – positive things and and talking about products that are going to do good and not about any products I use that I was like me that wasn't so great um, very conscious about not using negative language because that's the first thing that I know turns off brands and would send a former client of mine into hysterics so I've, I've tried to keep that in mind as well so yeah reach out to me if yeah. you have a legitimately <laughs> clean um, you know good think dirty rating and yeah. good ewg.org wow um, look at you right yeah. Dropping, dropping the wisdom bombs. <laughs> so as somebody who has won, I'm assuming, numerous, many, many, many new business pitches, um, are you pitching brands? Are you going out to brands to try and say, hey, I know your world Let's do this. Are, are you do you target set? Are you doing that right now? I think it's time that I craft that pitch. I yeah. haven't specifically done it yet because, again, I come from such a formal training that I know I have this polished deck and I need to talk about my reach and I need to talk about my very clear audience. And, you know, being that it, it's only been a matter of months of, of this thing existing, I didn't feel like I had the numbers that were going to impress them. But back to my point of, like, I've learned that it's not all about the numbers, especially in this particular set where people either might not be comfortable talking outwardly about their wellness because it feels kind of private to them or, you know, it's just deeply personal. Like, I think now is the time that I can tell that story more effectively to a brand that, you know, if you're more complicated or if you're ready to just work the long tail with me, 
um, I'm ready to do that more confidently. And I think that you're in a unique position that you can do some education. I think that a big part of a challenge as an influencer marketer is that we had to make the sell sometimes that it isn't all about the numbers. Yeah. So you're, you're, I think you're primed and ready to go here for that type of thing. Thank you. Yeah. Again, when you work at ad agencies, especially in the markets I was, they're generally humongous brands that millions of impressions is all that matters. But there is a lot of smaller brands um, and smaller organizations that any kind of momentum they can gain would be humongous growth for them. And I have to keep that in mind, that it's not just all about big blue chip and that there's plenty of impact to, to be made in that long tail again. What brands do you actually want to work with? Well, I personally love Whole Foods. Okay, um, me too. Actually, when... You know, some of those points in your career when you're like, man, I really want to leave the agency. I want to go client side. I hear that's just a little bit more balanced. Mm -hmm. And so my husband and I even went down to Austin for a weekend. I'm like, I got to check out this town because I hear some good things. And I was like, well, that was kind of jarring to go from New York City down to Austin Austin all of a sudden. So I was like, maybe just my lifestyle is not quite ready for that much. It got really rural. Yeah, fast. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, oh gosh, there's so many. I haven't. I wasn't quite ready with my favorite brand no, list. Okay. But if I you go to my, <laughs> that's okay. At the well intended there, there on you Instagram, you will definitely see some of the products that I featured, and in my well-regarded section of my blog at thewellintended.com. Um, go straight to the URL because, as I said, search hasn't been kind to me yet. Um, but I'm gonna get there. Um, yeah, see some of the brands that I, I'm definitely passionate about, and generally, if you're clean, if you're organic, if you're um, just well-intended and what you were trying to accomplish and what you're providing to people, um, then I'm your gal to sing your praises for yeah. sure. Are you ever going to go back to advertising? Never say never. Okay. There's a lot of nevers I've said before. There and I'm like, well, here I am. What's it going to take? <laughs> um, just... Your kids being able to drive themselves. (laughs) Yes. My daughter starts kindergarten in the fall, and so that's actually in just two weeks. So that that opens up my windows a little bit. I think if there had been more flexibility in my schedule where I can still do great work and be able to find those pockets so I don't miss out those critical life moments with her because I became a mom a little bit later in life, and and I've only got one, and I'm only going to have one. I'm like, man, I can't screw that up. Totally. So um, if advertising can be more conducive to that, but again, it has to be something in line with my values. So creative people, passionate people, doing good things, that's where I love to spend my energy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so speaking about going back to advertising, if you, now that you're entrenched as an influencer, what would you tell former ad executive Danielle about the influencer space and how to navigate it and why it's so important? What are the takeaways that you're learning now that marketers should know about? So back to the the brief matters tremendously. And I, sus- I suppose we even heard this from some of the influencers we worked with back in the agency. Like, you need to be very clear in what you want them to do. However, you need to leave some great latitude for them to do their thing, um, do their creativity, to tell their story, to have their own voice. You can't change them. So just make sure you keep that balance of like, not force feeding what they have to do because you're going to lose that authenticity. So you have to just trust a little bit. Um, And, you know, we had clients that just said, no, thank you. And they still paid the influencer, but they weren't ultimately comfortable with what happened to it. So the client needs to honor that. And so I would hope I would work with people that if we didn't 
quite nail it. it I, I answered your brief, and then I stayed true to myself, and here's where we're at. If that didn't quite work, then that's the nature of the beast. Yeah, and if you don't follow that format, everyone loses. The yeah. brand loses, the influencer loses, the consumer loses. you got to stay true to, the, to, the, yeah. to what you believe and in. And in the grand scheme of most of the big agency budgets on behalf of our clients, like – what you were paying that influencer was peanuts compared mm-hmm. to what you're mm-hmm. spending. Which is, I was always amazed, like, oh, you're going to give me $5,000 and I need to get 20 influencers. To- come on. <clears throat> come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get so much bang for the buck. Um, and so that's hopefully what will come through in my own influencer experience. I want my clients to feel like, wow, she really cared. She really invested herself in this. Um, because if I accept an assignment, it is going to be because I believe in you, I believe in this, and I believe it'll be helpful to my audience. So that's what's going to be awesome for all of us. It has to be that win-win. Yeah, I think um, now that I've been doing this for a little while, I think people are finally catching up that you need to let the influencer geek flag fly and like let them do their own thing. And that can spur you to do better work if you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Here's an out- outside perspective about how we might want to approach this new consumer yeah. or, or the, even the same consumer about how we want to yeah. talk to them. And back to your question about some of the people I've missed working with, you know, I've had to reach out to old colleagues that especially those who were strategists and maybe some of them have their own blog side hustle. And I'm like, man, why am I not getting these numbers? Why is search not picking me up? What is going on? He's like, you need to be more controversial. And I'm like, what? Right? That's out of my comfort <laughs> zone. Um, so how do you get to be provocative enough that you're moving the needle, but not so provocative that you are turning off people or turning off the brand, and then the brand is too scared to run with you. Here so double-edged sword, man. I have a solution for you. I'm ready. You go on a rampage tearing <laughs> down kale smoothies. Eat the <laughs> kale! If you don't, you'll die! Yeah, I, I really think that this can be in the wellness space a place for you to thrive thank you yeah no problem i mean i'm not a strategist but well you're one of the number one people i miss working Uh, with geez now i'm gonna blush right so thanks for this opportunity and you know you're you are a master at your craft too um and you are right where you're supposed to be in your career and doing what you're supposed to be and i've seen an amazing progression in in your journey and i'm so psyched to be able to stay connected with you for it thanks i really appreciate that um so yeah let's, let's, let's wrap this up where um can people find you where should people go to learn more about what you're doing and who you are? So go to thewellintended.com and follow me at, at thewellintended on Instagram. And then I also have a page on Facebook. Um, and if you Google search me for, if you can find it, it's important to have the space well dash intended.com which is technically the right spelling of it but okay. anyway that <laughs> hyphen in search i should know better yeah. <laughs> but there it is and so if you don't have the hyphen it doesn't sh- find it and it drives me nuts all right everybody <laughs> hyphen in so. um all right danielle thanks again for coming on the show uh to oh. er- Oh yeah. I forgot one more thing if I can add. And if you I also I'm on LinkedIn. Oh, and yeah, I should have mentioned that's when one of the most successful LinkedIn has been one of the most successful. Oh, why is that? Let's platform. talk about that. We don't need a wrap up right I now. No. Gosh, you well, had a brain cramp what there. What happened with LinkedIn? Um so because my target is corporate people mm-hmm. who who need to um you know take their 
wellness up a notch, I have found that some of my greatest momentum has actually been in the articles I've shared on LinkedIn. That's so interesting. So yeah, I share it from, I have created um, a company page for the well-intended because I did establish it as an LLC to protect myself. Um, But I also post regularly from my own LinkedIn. Um, I'm Danielle Reardon. And so um, that has been a lot of um, momentum for me as well. That's interesting. That's actually kind of interesting because since you are so at executive photos or, or executive focus, like how and it feels so appropriate for LinkedIn. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Obviously, how do you get beyond that? Then are you ever going to just do? I mean, is that your pol- polarizing factor? You know, targeting that specific niche, or are you ever going to like be more Instagram friendly in the sense that I'm going to do more traditional wellness? Yeah, stuff? I think that's really a big aha that I'm surprised I didn't think of saying earlier in the hours like that's where I have the momentum and that's where my hashtags are working for me and that's where the people are reacting most and where I get a lot of the offline um, um, messages where people like hey I saw your post on LinkedIn Um, and so being that duh fish where the fish are um, and, and these are my fish for my blog like that's where I need to to be focused I just have in the back of my head I'm like LinkedIn's for business um, why wellness can't be a business. I don't know why I yeah. had held myself back there because Instagram is so saturated with all the inspirational quotes and the food shots and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, that's why LinkedIn is really kind of my my um, my opportunity market. I think LinkedIn is having a bit of it, a, a renaissance. <laughs> they are doing great things. I think uh, I love posting there now. I love finding other people to talk to. I think that people not have exhausted Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, but like LinkedIn is, we spend so much time at work, we're so focused on work. LinkedIn is a great way to connect with people because people are still people, despite it being for work, there's fun ways to engage with people through work. I've reconnected with people. I shared a GIF, we're making like these bootcamp videos at work and I shared a GIF and it got a lot of engagement, but it's like still work related and I think that we need to remember that Work people are aren't just drones; they are still people. I totally agree I, with I, that. I, I really, I, yeah, we should do an episode. On I totally agree. I just feel like what what I post there just has a higher level of quality and just looks a little bit nicer too. Yeah. Um, not to mention fishing in the right pond. And and it, like I said, it just hasn't been overdone. Yeah. Um, and I often get you know you get the spam and the junky comments on some of the other platforms. There's a I'm level like, of professionalism, right? And I always judge myself like, man, I must have used the wrong hashtag on that one. I, I really pulled in the wrong people, but you know maybe it just wasn't the right platform. And again, as a marketer, the right platform, the right time for the right person is marketing one on one. I think that's really exciting and unique. I th- yeah, I think that most people think of wellness as like Instagram. And uh, like a pretty common blog, but a wellness on LinkedIn. Right. That's so smart. The magic. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, uh, we already we already we already promoted. So yeah, let's wrap this this up. Um, Thank you everybody for listening to another great episode of the Julius Profiles podcast. Uh, visit us at juliusworks.com for more information and be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, catch you on the next episode, guys. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Julius Profiles, a podcast brought to you by Julius Influencer Marketing. To hear more episodes, learn more about influencer marketing, or to discover how our platform adds a human touch to marketing, visit juliusworks.com.